So I want to talk to you tonight about how grace is the empowerment of the believer. Grace is the empowerment of the believer. I think sometimes when we come into the body of Christ for the first time or we're getting to know the Lord or maybe you were in the world at one point and you're looking in and you're going, man, I, I need the grace of God, man, because <laughs> you're doing all this crazy stuff, right? And you think, oh, I need that grace so that I can get to heaven. And there's nothing further, that, that is absolutely true. And, and yes, that is going to get you to heaven. In fact, without grace, you'd never get to heaven. But I also want to tell you that grace is the empowerment to the believer. It's going to help you operate in the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, you would not have the opportunity to operate in the gifts of the Spirit without grace. You, you wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> I'm telling you, for you to know what God knows through those gifts and to demonstrate that kind of power, it takes grace. It takes the grace of God doesn't matter how good of a prayer uh, person you are and how, how your words flow and all of that. Man, I'll tell you, I, I have seen more miracles from people, just common people that just says, you know what, I'm going to pray for my auntie, I'm going to pray for my brother, and they just get on the phone or they go over to their house and they go over there and they pray the prayer of faith and they come back, of course, they'll want to tell me or Pastor Barb or one of the other pastors and elders, and oh my goodness, they got the report back and wouldn't you know she got healed? I didn't know what to say. I didn't know how to do it. And you ever heard that before? And that person, because they carried the empowerment of grace on their life, was able to be an instrument in the hands of God. Just think about that. So it's not just a ticket to heaven. It's an empowerment to you, the believer, to do the things that God has called you to do. To even hear God's voice requires the grace of God to hear the still small voice of God. Even when I wasn't saved, I heard the voice of God. Grace was being activated in my life and I didn't even know it. But I can tell you this much as a young man, I knew I heard the voice of God. I wasn't a very good listener. I wasn't a very good doer of those things, but I knew I heard his voice when he spoke. In fact, his voice spoke to me in a lost situation and led me to my path to get introduced to the people who led me to the Lord. But I acted on that one word. Thank God that I did. Oh, man, I thank God every single day I acted on that. But that's my testimony. You have testimonies as well of God's incredible grace that you knew that without God's grace, you would not have overcome in this situation. Well, what I'm here to tell you about is he's not done with you yet. His grace doesn't come and go. His grace abides with the believer. It's, it's almost like you're carrying a cloak over yourself that is a covering over yourself, that the world is going to struggle in many, many things, but you do not need to have those same kinds of struggles. If you're looking for a job, as an example, and, you know, if you're in that, in that situation, don't look for a job. Look for the job. <clears throat> yeah. You don't need a job. I promise you that much. You need the job. And I promise you, if you dedicate yourself to prayer, 
You'll dedicate yourself to the word of God so that you're praying correctly, right? You will manifest the job in your life. I can tell you I've had multiple, well, almost all the jobs since I, well, all the jobs since I moved here and even one other job when I was back in Wisconsin. So all the jobs for the past 27 years, I knew that I was going to work there before they knew I was going to work there. I knew I wasn't going to work at these places before they knew I was not going to work at those places. I have turned down opportunity after opportunity because I knew that was not for me. And so in order for grace to really start to develop in our lives, we're going to have to understand we've got to learn how to say yes and learn how to say no. And it's okay to say no. Well, I don't want to let somebody down. Or, I, you know, what if that other job doesn't come through? And, oh, you know, and I get it. Trust me, I get it. But I would rather listen to the still, small voice of God and be wrong than to say, well, I know I'm not supposed to do that and do it anyway. Because that negates God's grace over that situation. We've got to learn to close the door to the devil. Wherever he's getting into your life, you need to close the door to that. And it's okay. I, I get it. It's hard. It's difficult. But at the same time, what's more difficult? You living your life without saying no and closing the door and having to put up with that status quo life that's your desire rather than God's desire, and then you come up short, don't you? And you think, oh, man, I'm here to tell you, even though you're coming up short, God's grace is still sufficient for you. It's still omnipresent. It's still there. He just wants you to reroute. He just wants you to correct where you are and get back on track to where he's calling you to go. I stuck it out in places that I'm telling you people would have just said, forget that, man. There ain't no possible way. Why don't you just go find something else to do? But God did not release me from those places. It's powerful stuff. It'll help you grow. And again, a lot of people say, well, how do I know it's God's speaking and not just me or it's not the devil trying to mislead me or whatever? The game changer is faith. I can put my faith in what I believe I hear God speaking to me. I don't need someone to call and confirm it. I don't need any of that. I can just say, I believe that I've heard the word of the Lord for my life, and now I'm going to get sticky with it, and I'm going to hold on to this thing. And I'll tell you, I've had to hold on to some things by the grace of God for years and years and years and years. Knowing that God had spoken something to me. So it's okay. God's going God's to gonna always be with you. He's never going to back off. But he wants you to learn to hear that still small voice. And he wants you to trust that voice. Because even if it's wrong, I begin to, here, let's just say I'm standing here in my life. And I believe that I hear God calling me in a certain direction. So then I just start moving in that direction. Okay, I'm gullible. Pastor Paul is super gullible when it comes to hearing the voice of God. So I'll just start walking in that direction. And I'll continue to pray, and I'll continue to be in the Word, and I'll continue to listen to His still, small voice. 
And I'll be willing to take a hard right or a hard left or even go back to where I started if God says, well, wait a second. But what I have found is, is when I'm here, when I, when I was over there, even though I was wrong here, I had a brand new perspective of things I couldn't have seen otherwise. I was like, whoa, wait a second here. Praise God, now I know the difference. And I can go back and correct that thing. And I'm telling you, God's grace will be right there to smooth it all out. It's like nothing even happened and everything just, just moved forward in the kingdom of God. See, God's grace is, is, is not two things. Let's say, let's say what it's not. God's grace is not your license to go out and just commit all the crazy stuff, you are, whatever you want to do. That is not true grace. Grace is far too valuable to be wasted. It's far too valuable. It's far too powerful. It's, it, it's just, it, it's so omnipotent. It, it's incredible. But what it's also not is a list of rules, a list of oaths, a list of, oh, you got to do this and you got to do it this way. And if you don't do it that way, you're not going to get to heaven or you're not going to receive the rewards of, of God and, and go on and on about all that stuff. Listen, if you had the ability to just follow a set of rules, then you've negated the need for the grace of God entirely. Entirely. If all it is is a list of rules, so, so we have the Ten Commandments, right? If it was just down to, well, you have the capacity to live those rules. Well, guess what? Millions and millions of people proved that they couldn't even live ten simple rules. Ten. I mean, come on, ten? Ten rules. So it's not about the rules, it's about your heart. It's about saying, God, I just want to serve you. God, I just want to know you. God, I just want the empowerment of righteousness in my life. I don't want to walk around condemned every day and beat myself up for all the stupid stuff I do. Anybody do anything stupid today? Praise the Lord, I did. I did. Been going round and round with this bank with my dad. And I'm telling you, these people are dense. One hand, they tell you to send the information here, and then they reply in the email and tell you, well, we're sorry, those accounts are not active. Well, I'm not asking you that. Oh, you have to call the phone number, and then you have to call somebody. So then I call the phone number, and he tells me that I need to go uh, to uh, Oklahoma and get a, uh, what was it? A court order to talk about my dad's, <laughs> oh, yeah. So then he tells me that I need to resubmit another email to clarify what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Three emails later, no more phone calls. And I, I'd already submitted all this when my dad passed. Thank you all for the, the love and all that I received. But I already submitted everything under the blood of Jesus when that happened. And so wouldn't you know that I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm frustrated, clearly frustrated, and I get this phone call from a different division of this bank. That's nothing to do with this bank whatsoever. It's a wealth management branch of the bank. And he says, hey, guess what? Um, I got this information forwarded to me from the bank who said they could not talk to me or convey any information to me. 
and had released it to this guy. And he said, actually, there is an account in your dad's name, and you are the beneficiary. I, there, how that happened from dense people... No, I should say it differently because I even told the guy, I said, I'm not upset with you. I'm upset with your bank and your rules and your <laughs> policies and, and all this other stuff. But how that grace worked, because I had no idea that there was another division of that bank and a different phone number. And God only knows why someone didn't just say, well, hey, you know, there's another phone number you you could call. Now, I'm not going to get cynical because God's grace was sufficient for me. <laughs> but I want to break this thing down for you tonight. Now, now that we know that what, what grace is not, let's talk about what it is. Um, in Romans chapter 6, we're going to just break the whole chapter down because this is really the whole chapter about God's grace and how it empowers us to be better. So it opens with, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Well, of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in sin? Now, <laughs> all right, raise your hand if you didn't sin today. You, you, you had no impure thought. You had you just perfect day today, Okay. So what that tells us is, is that we're all sinners. But there's a difference between being a sinner and having the influence of sin in your life. Meaning the detrimental part of sin, which we all participate in, God wants us to know it's not a license to go and commit the same sins over and over and over again. Although you're going to continue to sin, what he wants you to know is that you have died to sin. I have died to sin. Not only sins of, of my present, but also of my past and also of my future sinning that I'm going to do. And I love how he says that. He says, of course not. It's like, duh. No. It's over. The sinning part, your sinful nature, has been absolved by the blood of Jesus through your faith in the finished work of Christ himself. And when you live on that roller coaster of, well, I got God's grace today, and then it gets really bad and I don't have God's grace, and then you're, you're living like this, you have got to absolve yourself of the influence of your sinning so that you can experience the fullness of the empowerment of God's grace, which wants to absolve you of all the circumstances, the worldly circumstances you're going to face to cause you to overcome. That's where your resume for the job will land on the desk at the time of the moment that it needs to. And everybody, it might as well have been no one else out of the hundreds of other people or thousands possibly who applied for that job. It's all negated because God wants you to have that job. Everybody say, I've died to sin. 
So then why do you continue to live in it? And that's not to everybody, but some of you out there are beating yourself up pretty bad. And I'm telling, I, I mentioned this on Sunday, as a pastor, I've seen probably just as many people leave the church because of a sin, and I'm going, oh my goodness, I have failed you as a pastor. Like, there's only one thing I really wanted you to understand. <laughs> there's many other benefits, but I wanted you to understand that if you do sin, that you can ask for forgiveness, and God will be faithful to forgive you of that sin, and God's still got a place for you in the kingdom of God. Don't run away from God when you sin. Embrace Him. Run to Him. The prodigal son is a great example of that in the Bible, right? I mean, every other person would have said, well, what in the world are you giving him the ring for? What in the world are you throwing him the party for? It's because he's coming back. It's because he wants the empowerment of the grace that I have. And that's how God is. He wants you to come back. He wants you to leave. That's where Satan gets to win the battle. Some of you are fighting big obstacles in your life right now, and you don't have the answers for those things. I'm telling you, God has the answer to every single problem. But it's so easy to have that ego, or it's so easy to have, you know, that self-righteousness, which is completely counterfeit. And think, I can handle this. I have the answers to this. I'm going to fix this. Good luck. You know, I, listen, there's some things you can fix yourself, and by God, you should fix those things. But you should also be inviting the presence of the Lord in his wisdom and his grace to empower you to come up with the best answer. Because sometimes the answer that brings a solution only serves your needs, but it, everybody in the process doesn't get to win. Yeah. <laughs> See, God's grace isn't just for you. It's for everybody involved. So, so point number one, God's grace is not a license to sin, okay? Just get that down. Uh, if, you're, if you're just living in the world and out of the world and everything else, it, it, it's, it's far too valuable for that kind of lifestyle. Um, the scripture goes on to say, or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? Now, in his death, he finalized a life free from sin. He finalized it. It's over. It is finished, he declared on the cross. And so when you got to understand, baptism is not just you getting wet or you having a, a little piece of paper that can go on a wall somewhere and, and, you know, you can show people and, hey, I got baptized on this date at this church and, you know, they did such a great job and, and, and so I'm baptized now. And it's almost like there's this ladder we think we need to climb to somehow get closer to God. With grace, you'll never get closer to God than you already are. Without grace, yeah, you got, you, you got to get some stuff going in your life. But what I'm here to tell you is when you think of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ, and you think of baptism, that's how you need to think about baptism. I'm making a public declaration of me dying, falling back into that water, being buried under that water, and coming back up 
into a brand new life. It's a public declaration for everybody to know, I'm filled with God's grace. Filled to capacity, overflowing with God's grace. I identify with that through my baptism. So we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Again, nobody here is free from sin. Ing. But you are free from the influence of that sinning. It has no sting. It has no power. It has no authority any longer except the authority we give it with our own minds through condemnation or legalism. Those are the two, uh, what do they call the post uh, things? I don't know, the field goal post, right? Like you got to get the football in between those two things to get the score. If you're too legalistic, listen, don't be picking on people legalistically about what, how they choose to live their life. Their life is between them and God. Period. Period. Now, does that mean that I won't share with that person about the grace of God? And man, you know, we got to love each other. We got to embrace each other. We all make mistakes. You see, there's this healthy life that we can all live when we get away from those danger areas. Because the nature is when you're driving a car, remember in Wisconsin, on snowy or icy roads, you're and all of a sudden you start losing control of the car. Well, you'd start whipping the wheel this way and this way, and you're running from one ditch to the other, and you're trying to get back to the middle of the road. Grace is going to put you right back in the middle of that road. And I can remember in Wisconsin going from ditch to ditch, you know, like that, in a car, and all of a sudden you get back, you get control of that car again, and that car starts to straighten out, and you go, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God we got that under control. Thank God I didn't hit that, you know, mailbox or that telephone pole or that other car or whatever. Listen, it's the same way. Life can get a little bit crazy out there, but you've got to learn what those boundaries are, and you've got to depend on the grace of God to empower you to live that way. That's that new life you can start to live. Let go of the legalism. Let go of the need for sinning and carousing and doing all the crazy stuff when you know you don't, you're not supposed to do that. Just find a space in the middle. And God will keep urging you, and he'll keep nudging you, and you'll get closer and closer to center. And the closer to center you get in God's will, I'm telling you, grace begins to explode. It explodes. And it, we, all want, we all cry out for revival. I'm telling you, the greatest revival you have ever experienced happened the day you gave yourself to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is the revival. Do we want to see that happen for more and more people? Absolutely. And I understand where that heart comes from that we need revival, but we have revival. Revival's in you. And the more you can find that center in your life, the more revival is going to happen outside of you. And it is an awesome experience. That's all I can tell you. Scripture goes on to say, it says, Since we have been united with him in his death, we also be raised to life as he was. Grace is required for your eternal salvation. We covered that a 
point one. But listen, you're going to have to understand, you are saved. And I, man, alive, we, we got to do more of this in this church. I want you to know that if you've given your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you're still working things out, you have not lost your salvation. You have, don't, and I get it. I did the same thing. I first got saved, and I would think, okay, I'm saved, and everything's wonderful, and then I'd go out and do something. Oh, my God, I'm not saved anymore, and then I'd run back, and I would just go back and forth, and I, I, I just, I couldn't make sense of the grace of God and the simplicity of that grace, and I kept trying to work my way to salvation. Bible doesn't say, well, if you do these 10 things, you'll go to heaven. It says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you will be saved. You will be saved. But I'm telling you, you need to believe it in your heart. And to believe it in your heart means you know it. You know it now. You're no longer playing games. You're no longer, you know, passing the hot potato and, and doing all that stuff. You know in your heart. You know. And you just do what's necessary to know. To know. And I promise you, the more of God's grace you experience, the more you're going to want to press into the things of God and who you are in Christ, and the greater expression of your life will be, uh, continue to occur as well. Scripture goes on to say, We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. Everybody say, sin has lost its power in my life. You've got to get that. You've got to grab a hold of that. You cannot be so sin conscious that you're no earthly good. And you can't be so uh, spiritually conscious that you're no earthly good either. You ever talk to that guy? It's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've been going to church my whole life, and I cannot comprehend what you're telling me right now. Yeah. It says, we know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Huh. When we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of or the influence of sin, or the consequence of sin. I'll tell you, we are our own worst enemies when we mess up. As much as it says you're saved and going to heaven by the grace of God, it also says right here that you're set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. The wages of sin is death. He cut the head off of the opportunity for death. 
When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So that you should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin. Not dead to sinning. Dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. It's his perfect life that made a way where there seemed to be no way. I ministered to a gentleman several years ago, and he was offended by what someone else in the church did to him. And God recalled this scripture just face to face. I didn't have a Bible or anything. And, he, and God says, tell him sin, sin has no dominion over him. And I said, oh, okay. So I said, sin has no dominion over you. He goes, well, I didn't do it. I said, no, the sin, their sin, has no dominion over you. Their sin. You're allowing their sin in what they did to have a negative influence on your life. Rather than just seeing it for what it is, you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, we meet, we, there's a cause for Christ in yours and I's lives. This person made a big mistake, and you're letting sin have dominion over your life. And I'll tell you, that guy got so free when he heard that. I got free. I never heard that revelation that way before. But how often do the sins of others toward us have negative influence on us? our lives it doesn't say your sin will not have influence it says sin has no more influence sin and that is powerful you're looking to forgive someone in your life start with that one right there I'm no longer going to allow sin to have dominion or hold on my life anymore. I forgive that person, not only for their benefit, but for my benefit, my growth, my development, and who I am in Christ. And I'll tell you, it's powerful, powerful stuff. And sin can become a... <laughs> Uh, a, a millstone around our necks and it's without us even realizing it. The Bible says don't grow, grow weary in doing good for in due season you'll reap if you don't give up. But see, that's all the grace part. We want all the grace part, but we don't, what we have to look at is where am I grow? What is causing me to grow weary? Is it tied to a sin of someone else or of myself? And if it is, I deserve to free myself of that. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. It'll change everything in your life. That's why I'm saying grace is an empowerment to the believer. All the promises of God are yes and amen because of grace. That's it. You don't deserve all of the things that it says about you in the word of God. You don't deserve them, nor do you need to deserve them. Jesus paid the price. It'd be like if it was your birthday and I gave you a gift and you were mean to me, but I still gave you the gift. Whose gift is it now? It's theirs. 
I gave it to that person. I'm not thinking about I gave that to you. Go and enjoy that thing. I'm not giving it to you because I think you deserve it. I'm giving it to you because it's a nice thing to do on your birthday. Yeah. So sin has no power or influence in grace. Scripture goes on to say, do not let sin control the way you live. And some people think of that just in the fact of, you know, my carousing and my, all my crazy stuff I do. No, it says don't let sin control the way you live. Not your sin, not the sins of others. I even start to think of how the world is changing. You ever, have you noticed that the world is changing just a, a teensy, tiny, little, tiny bit? I, I mean, I don't know. But I can't hear this because it's easy to get super political. But I can't allow the sin to control that sin of theirs. Hear this. I can't allow the sin of theirs to control the way I'm going to live. If you ever have someone tell you that uh, America is a godless country or it's turning into a godless country, not as long as this guy's here. You can all go to hell, <laughs> okay? That's, that's between you and God. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And therefore, it cannot be a godless nation. Because guess what? I'm still here. All the foolishness in the world can continue to unfold. And I am going, I'm not going to allow the sin of them to control the way I am going to live. Do not give in to sinful desires. So sinful desires can be the carousing and all of that, but sinful desires can be deceit, can be a lying tongue, it can be a whole bunch of things. In fact, a haughty eye, the Bible says, is an abomination. You ever read the abominations? I read those suckers, and I was like, man alive, I do all those things. And we, yet when we talk about abominations, like, oh, you don't want to commit the abominations. I think Catholicism is what really championed that. But in truth, and what the Word of God says, if you go and read, I think it's in Psalms or Proverbs, one or the other, and it breaks them down, and I'm like, man alive, I think I did that like three times this week. So it's not just the obvious stuff. What's luring you towards sin? Where's God kind of said, hey, you, I want you to clean that up. I just, I love you. I, I just want you to clean that up. Start paying attention to that this week. Is the desire more valuable to you than the result that God's trying to get to you, whatever that might be. Again, think this week and think going forward that grace is an empowerment to you. The more you'll give yourself to grace, the more of that empowerment will become alive in your life. Something that is operating beyond your own ability, beyond your own capacity.
says, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Why would I serve something, hear this, something that does not have any influence in my life? Typically, if you're going to serve something, it's because it has a positive influence in your life. Well, sin has no influence. So it's almost like getting on a hamster wheel and just running and running and running and running and running and running, and you're wasting all this energy, and you're not getting anywhere. Just get off that merry-go-round. Instead, give yourself completely to God. For you were dead in your trespasses, right, and in your sin, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. I read to you on Sunday that God gives his people his glory. So you're bringing glory to God, and what ends up happening is you become more and more filled because your body is actually the temple of God. Sometimes we think, oh, I need to pray to God in heaven and the Father is in heaven, but I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of it. You are the temple or the embodiment of God. And the more glory you bring in that temple, the more glory you hold, and the more glory you hold, the more glory you share. And I'll tell you, it does not take much more than a spark of grace to set a raging fire. I mean... For the glory of God. So grace leads us to do and be better. Amen. Amen. It goes on to say, sin no longer, it, it, sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. And you think, well, it's not very freeing if I have to go live someone else's will for my life well guess what let's break that down because i've heard this you know it's too hard to walk the the line with god it's too hard it's too difficult he asks too much and all this kind of stuff i will tell you that if you're serving sin if sin is your master those are the orders that you're receiving there's only one source of sin and that is the devil so you're 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 going to serve one master or you're going to serve the other master. And all I'm here to tell you is, if you serve God, you're going to have the grace that God has to share with you to get you through in the most fantastic way possible. But don't forget, grace has got to, you got to lead with that thing. It's so easy to get downtrodden. It's so easy to think you're defeated. It's so easy to think that this is all I got and this is all that's ever going to happen. And you get complacent in where you are or, or, or you, you get cynical or a million other things. I'm telling you, you need to take those things to God and you need to say, God, I need more grace in my life. I don't know how to break these strongholds of my life, but you do. And he will break every stronghold off of your life. That's what grace does. It can't do anything contrary to God's will, ever. But sin will. And sin can continue to be your master. And you've got grace over here for all of these wonderful things over here. But it, this is over here. And it's consuming you. 
It's, it's, it's almost like I can see people with, with a, 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 like a, an eighth of a tank of gas. It's like, man, alive, you're so worried about looking at the gas gauge, thinking you're not going to get to the next gas station, and you're just so worried, and, and you don't know what you're going to do, and pretty soon you just pull the car over and you quit. And you may not quit in a way that everybody else knows, but it's in a way you know and the way God knows. Never quit. Never give up. There's no quit or give up in grace. You, you, I'm telling you, you, there are people who have committed heinous crimes, sins beyond your wildest imaginations. They can come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and they can be saved. It never quits. It never gives up. It will always accomplish what it is sent to do. It is empowered by God through the word of God, which is eternal. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will never pass away. Some of us think, man, heaven's my final destination. Maybe it is, but the word of God says heaven and earth are going to pass away. Eternity is a very, very, very long time. You're not going to be a chubby baby with a little, you know, bow and arrow up there, you know, floating around on a cloud for eternity. There's going to be work to do. There's going to be, uh, God only knows galaxies to fill. I have no idea what's in store for me once I get in this life and go to the next one. I only know that it's all dependent on the grace of God to get there. And if it's enough to get me there, then it's enough to get me from here to there and there to here and over to that one and to this one and to the next one. Man, if it can take you the distance all the way to heaven, it can take you the distance through any obstacle that you'll ever face on this planet. Man, thank God for grace. I hope it comes so alive in you, more alive than it ever has. You could be serving God for 50 years and get a brand new revelation, a fresh revelation of God's grace. It's happened over and over in the, in the Old and the New Testament. These great patriarchs of the kingdom of God, all of a sudden they're like, oh my goodness, look what else God can do. Oh my goodness, look what else is available to me. And these revelations can keep coming and coming and coming. And I'm telling you, it's all by the grace of God. Amen? Scripture goes on to say, Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under its requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace, so there is no legalism in grace. Man, if you can do something to earn it, you ain't got it. You do not have it. You should go to God and ask for forgiveness. Say, God, I thought that there was something I could do to earn your grace. And I'm here to tell you, there's nothing you can do. All you can do is say, I believe it in my heart that it's true. And the moment you can do that, you have this incredible opportunity in front of you that is completely unstoppable. Yeah, but I promised God that I'd read the Bible all the way through in 2023, and you only made it to Exodus. <laughs> well, good news is you still got about, what, a month and a half here. Okay, get reading. But who cares? If the, 
If you have to do that to get God's grace, I'm telling you, you're, you're missing a much grander opportunity for your life. Greater freedom than you've ever experienced in your whole life. Scripture goes on to say, well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can just go on and break all the law? Well, of course not. He re-emphasizes this again. So again, those, 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 those posts, right? The, the, the ditches that are there, stay in the middle of the road. It says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? Whoa. It's so easy for this to creep in against the grace that we have. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God. <laughs> Obedience is greater than the things you do. <laughs> I'm telling you, just being obedient is greater than the sacrifices you're going to have to make to get those things to happen. And this leads to righteous living. So you all understand you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, brand new creation in him. But there's a time when you can actually, you're living, you're experiencing righteousness. My actions are righteous actions now. It's not just, oh, thank God for the grace of God and, and I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now it's like, oh, I've got the revelation of that. Now the things that I do are righteous in the, in the eyes of God. Um... It says, now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. And so I just capture that. Go from, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, to righteous living. Do it. I, oh, man. I double dog. No, I, I triple dog. I triple dog dare you to do righteous actions tomorrow or even on your way home tonight. Something that you would say, I did that thing because I knew it was the right thing to do. Maybe it's a phone call tonight. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is. Look for the opportunity in the next 24 hours, okay? It goes on and says, because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, you let yourself be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led to even deeper, led you in even deeper into sin. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that you will become holy, so that you will go deeper into the grace, the empowerment of grace in your life. Just as you can go deeper in your sins by living a sinful life, you can go deeper into grace by living a righteous life. And I'm tell, I will tell you this much. There is no end to the potential of God's grace. No matter how great your experience was. And God kind of illustrated that in the Old Testament because people were coming to him and said, and said um, they, they started to create like these festivals and all these different things of all the great works that God did. And all of a sudden he goes, 
well, yeah, no, I did part the sea and I did do these things, but but I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you over here over here. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I get it. But I want to top that. And sometimes it's, we we get caught up in what God did and how great that was, and we want to build the memorial and the festival around that little thing. And God's over here going, but there's something far greater than than that. I mean, it was great. But that is going to bring you such joy and peace in your life. But I, I got to get your eyes off this so that we can get your eyes on, on that. Those of you who have grown hopeless in that, take that to prayer this week. God's not done with you yet. I promise you God's not done with you yet. Until you take your last breath here, he's got something for you to do right here. My dad, and Lonnie, Pastor Lonnie, thank you for praying for him. My dad had about 15 minutes after he prayed for my dad over the phone. He wasn't even there. In my dad's living world says, if I can't make my own decisions, you call a... Uh, a healing evangelist, and you tell him to pray the prayer of faith over me. So I said, well, I know one. And he, he prayed for my dad. And I, we, we couldn't communicate with him before he prayed. I don't, did I share this with you? Oh, man. we got to get together more. And all of a sudden, we're, we're just conversing amongst ourselves, those who can still talk to each other, Right? And all of a sudden, my, my, asked my wife, God is my witness, for about 10, 12 minutes, he came back, and he prophesied. I'm telling you, as long as you've got breath in your lungs, grace is still has power to act. And he prophesied to me. I was able to get my sister on the phone with him, and he told her how much he loved her. I called his best friend from Tulsa. My dad was a full-time volunteer at Rama Bible College for, gosh, going on close to a decade. And I, Roger never answers his phone. Roger picked up the phone. I said, Roger, my dad's here. He wants to talk to you. He remembers who you are. He talked. It was such a blessing. So I'm telling you, no matter where you are in your life, the grace of God still wants to take you further. I'm going to end with this scripture here, and it's found in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. It says, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's the grace of God. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses, in the insults, in the hardships, in the persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. When I am weak, I am stronger than I have ever been 
because of the grace of God, the empowerment of that grace, which liberates me from every obstacle. He names them. The insults, the hardships, the persecutions, the troubles, all of those things are subject to the power of grace. Never forget, you are the host of God's glory. God's glory is his grace, his omnipotent power that you carry with you everywhere you go. Use it as a weapon that it is. Use it as the power that it holds. Use it as the anointing that it carries. Use it as the, as, as the, as the, the, it's almost like, like you got five aces in your hand and you're, you're sitting in Vegas. Don't go to Vegas to spend your money. But you're holding five aces in your hand. You possess all things that pertains to life and to godliness through the power and the empowerment of grace in your life. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for your grace over our lives. It's not just a ticket to heaven. Oh, man, it's so much more. It's our empowerment. It's everything. It's all that we need in according to Scripture. And Father God, although we may appear weak or feel weak, Father God, your grace is sufficient for us. breaks every stronghold. And God, whatever the strongholds are that are in this room or those watching out there tonight, may a new revelation of God's grace and its omnipotent power become more live in their lives than they have ever experienced before. God, we thank you for all of the grace of our past and all the wonderful experiences we've had in you. But God, we long for a greater capacity of your grace in our lives for this world. And I just thank you, Father God, that that happens for every believer, every prayer that's ever been prayed, every confession that's ever been made. Just thank you right now, Father God. These aren't just mere words. These are power, and the power of your grace. Maybe some of you in this room, you say, man, Pastor Paul, I need that grace. Man, I need that grace. Maybe you know the Lord or maybe you don't know the Lord. I'll tell you, your fastest way to getting grace is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior once and for all. You're not looking for an experience. You're looking for the, the experience. One, one moment of time to change your life forever. So let's go ahead and say this prayer together out loud. Let's mean it with all of our hearts. Let's not let this just be a, well, Pastor Paul's going to do the sinner's prayer again. No. I say this with all my heart, even to this day. I pray this prayer over my own life. So let's say this together. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Let's say it together one more time. Dear Heavenly Father. I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. Liberate me from the power of sin. I make you my Lord. I make you my Savior. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me. Have your way in me. In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen. Amen. All right, guys, come on out Sunday. It's going to be an incredible service. Bring a friend. God bless you all.